Welcome to the Solidarity Winnipeg podcast. Solidarity Winnipeg is working to lay the basis for an eco-socialist political organization. By that, we mean we are a small group of like-minded people who work in a coordinated way in community groups, in unions, and on campuses to build grassroots power, to educate people, to be effective eco-socialist organizers, and to build support for the long-term goal of breaking with capitalism and starting a transition to eco-socialism. Because Winnipeg is located on Treaty 1 territory, we acknowledge that Treaty 1 is the homeland of Anishinaabe, Cree, OG Cree, Dakota, Dene peoples, and the Métis Nation. The Canadian state has carried out genocide, ethnic cleansing, and forced removal of Indigenous people in order to clear the land for settlement by Europeans. The colonization and oppression of Indigenous peoples is not a thing of the past. It continues today. But around the world, Indigenous peoples are leaders in the fight against capitalism and environmental destruction. We have a lot to learn from Indigenous cultures and teachings that will help us heal our relationship with the land and with each other. Welcome to this episode of the Solidarity Winnipeg podcast. I'm David. And I'm Jonathan. And this episode is about the recent win by workers at the Canada Goose factories in Winnipeg. They successfully unionized. John, do you want to talk a little bit about the background to this? Uh, Yeah, just a little bit of background for listeners who aren't super familiar with the uh, Canada Goose company and and the union drive. Canada Goose uh, is a Canadian uh, luxury winter wear company. Their brand is familiar all over the world, Um, but they were founded in uh, 1957, uh, originally as Metro Sportswear Limited. Uh, They started by supplying uh, heavy-duty parkas to the Canadian military, notably the Canadian Rangers, uh, the Ontario Provincial Police, and Ontario Department of Corrections. Um, They changed their name to Canada Goose in the 90s when they started exporting uh, to Europe for the consumer market. They opened their first factory in Winnipeg 10 years ago in 2011, expanded it in 2013, and then added another factory in Winnipeg in 2015. And that's where the workers uh, who just unionized, that's where they work at those sites. Um, They have two other factories in Toronto that have been unionized for, um, for a while already. So that's what's happening now. They're um, the reported revenue in 2018 was 591 million, and they had profits of 376 million, and that was in 2018. So just some some context on on what the Canada Goose uh, history is there. Um, some people might also not know that the majority owners of Canada Goose are a well-known private equity company called Bain Capital. It's a big private American private private equity firm founded by current U.S. Senator, former governor of Massachusetts, two-time Republican presidential nominee Mitt Romney, and several other partners in 1984. A lot of people might already be familiar with them, um, but for people who are who don't know, this is a big firm, pioneers in what's known generally as vulture capitalism. Uh, they practice, they acquire um, distressed firms in the hope of making them more profitable. 
they send in they buy they buy firms they send in consultants to find efficiencies uh, usually this is very good for shareholders very bad for workers very bad they, for workers exactly um they subcontract out things that are more expensive to do in house they sell off the parts of companies that they don't want things like that um it's like it's buying buying a company stripping it down and selling off the parts basically that's a really popular thing to do in capitalism these days <laughs> and you can see it in also um conservative approaches to government as well so that's that's kind of interesting they're sort of bank capitals for the pioneers of that so for a group of workers to um to have to unionize and have a historic victory against that type of owner i think is is pretty significant also one thing that stands out during the interview to keep in mind is canada goose's luxury image the ceo of canada goose uh danny rice says uh, quote, the, ba the badge makes people feel like they belong to a club and describes Canada Goose as the Swiss watch of apparel and the Land Rover of outerwear. So that's the image they're, they're trying to project. And a major part of their marketing strategy is to um, do product placement featuring celebrities and film, TV, music and sports. So um if this is a this is a high-end luxury brand and as a lot of a lot of brands do nowadays they also prominently trumpet their uh social consciousness and their commitments to to social causes so that's a big part of their their marketing as well such as they have a commitment to working against climate change uh promoting sustainability animal welfare and support of northern indigenous communities so that's this is all part of their marketing strategy all uh, great causes uh, obviously these are things that we that we need action on it's important to keep in mind the contrast between the noble aspirations of these causes and and how they actually run their business and the conditions under which their their workers work and their their products are made yeah you're absolutely right and and as listeners will hear soon uh, when you actually hear what it's like to work at Canada Goose and what the conditions have been and what the conditions still are, uh, it really uh, tells us a lot about the reality that uh, exists behind those kinds of slogans from this company and so many other companies today. Yeah, absolutely. So this is, as you hear in the interview, like this is a historic victory for workers in Canada. I believe... The, it's 1,200 workers that have unionized, and by an 86% margin, it's the largest victory by private sector workers in Canada in 30 years, the majority of whom are immigrant women. So that is pretty significant. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And listeners will you know, certainly hear the voices of some of these workers in a, in a minute. Maybe before we uh, move to the interview itself, be worth just touching on one thing that comes up at the very end of the interview, where uh, the workers talk about whether uh, whether all workers need unions, really. Uh, and from the way I would put it, I think that the way they talk about it, at least some of them, uh, it's a pretty pragmatic thing. They say if you know the company, if the employer treats workers well, then they don't need a union. But if they're treated badly, they do. Any thoughts about that, John? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's of the utmost importance for all of us to hear ordinary people speaking for themselves. These are people who organized, uh, 
who organize their workplace in a in a historic way. And it also it does illustrate the views that a lot of ordinary people do have about unions. Uh, even one who helped organize uh, his workplace. So that's that's kind of interesting. And I think the thing that he's getting at is that I think he says uh, everyone should be treated as a human being, and that's the main the main thrust of of what he wants. And he wants his workplace. He wants his his bosses, his managers, to treat him as a human being and and his coworkers as human beings. And they're using the union as a way to do that. Of course, um, it may not mean or unionizing may not necessarily mean you're contacting like a big bureaucratized union to represent you either depending on the workplace obviously i think all workers are better off when they're organized and maybe i don't want to put words in his mouth but maybe he's thinking depending on the workplace for them obviously unionizing with workers united was the answer depending on your workplace a smaller workplace might not contact a union. Maybe you can you can win um, short-term gains or, or small gains by informally organizing. But obviously, we're in solidarity with Winnipeg. We're socialists, so even unionizing isn't the isn't the end goal or end or end point of the process either. Uh, we want workers to we want workers to own their workplaces, basically to have democratic control over the places that they work. And a union is a, is a way to do that. So I guess that's some of the things that I was thinking about after after the interview. Did you have any any thoughts on that, David? Just, I, I won't repeat things that you've said, but I think, yeah, the, the clear sense that you get listening to the interview about how, uh, you know, these workers are using unionizing as a way of trying to improve their incomes and to try to fight for some dignity against the you know really terrible way that they're treated in this workplace. And they know what their experiences have been like, and they've organized collectively in the face of significant odds to to take that on. And um, it's, I think, no disrespect to those workers to suggest that, you know, in our view, we think workers in general need to unionize themselves, right? Um, and that's just a difference that comes from having a certain understanding about the role of workers in a capitalist society. So, um, but it's of course only by actually engaging in the struggle that people are going to draw conclusions like that. And I'm sure we, we hope that they will draw that conclusion. Yeah, absolutely. Well, without further ado, let's get to the interview. Sounds good. Thank you to the workers from Canada Goose and uh, Joanne from Workers United for joining us on this episode of the Solidarity Winnipeg podcast to talk about the union drive that recently uh, has happened in Canada Goose in Winnipeg. And we've got Joanne from Workers United and we've got three workers from Canada Goose. We've got Andreas, Rolando and Aleli all here with us today. So thank you for joining us on this episode of the Solidarity Winnipeg podcast. So there are about 1,200 workers who work for Canada Goose in Winnipeg at three locations. Could you tell us a little bit about what the workplace is like? What are the conditions like in the plants? It's a garment uh, factory. We're making the, the expensive jacket. And what were things like in the plants that got people talking about unionizing we want union because uh 
in in our um, factory, we don't have uh, seniority. We don't have um, we don't get enough uh, money or compensation. Yeah, compensation, something like that, and no uh, enough benefits. So that's why we want union, and we don't have a real voice. So that's why we want union because we need somebody to fight for our right and no job security. So when did people start to talk about forming a union? Um, yeah, uh, first, uh, because I'm start, uh, I started uh, 2019, I met one of the organizers in uh, one of my friend's house and she introduced herself. She's one of the organizers. And the, stor uh, the story to make short, and then um, she they went to my house and introduce about the union. And I don't have, uh, I, I'm not against the union because I worked in the unionized company before. And then I signed the card and, and I introduced and I shared that on my coworkers and explained what, how, the, uh, how union important in our workplace. So we continue to sign, to get signed cards. Yeah, that's the that. Yeah, that's the first step. Do are most people very supportive of the union, or did it take a while to get enough people uh, on board? Yeah, before before that uh, before that I uh, I was recruited before I was recruited, and then the the first question I asked for the person who rec who is recruiting me is if I if I join the union. Are you willing to to be with me up to the end? In short, if I commit myself, they should also commit their themselves to me. So it's a it is a, a a war up to the end. So at first, uh, when I was uh, going around recruiting, people are very apprehensive. So I explained to them. Uh, detail by detail, the how 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 I know about union. So when when others have easily uh, understand what I'm saying about the union, so they easily sign cards to join the union. So it is a bumpy road, but it is a successful uh, 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 journey until we we won last November 23, the election day. So we won by overall Canada goose one, two, three, and four by 86%. So out of 1,200 in CG3, out of 378 cast votes, only 10 votes cast of no. So we're almost 98%. In CG2, it's 80%, 80, 85, 87. And in CG1, it's, it's the same. So... We to wrap it all. Overall, we got eighty-six percent, the biggest margin ever. Uh, as I heard, in almost thirty years, we got the biggest victory margin. So we're happy for that, and now we're on the uh, trying to have the negotiation to to proceed. So here is Rolando in CG One. He'll be the one to. Hi, I'm Rolando and I'm from CG1. At first, I'm not the one who organized in CG1. I'm one 
October told me that if you want to join me, so I joined when she knew that I'm the past president in another company and a subsidiary. They supported me to join. But when I'm joined the, well, the when they joined the team, the the women that uh, who recruited me is not now uh, not available. So I continue the process. So yeah. So luckily we uh, success on that. And I told to the to the showers, I do I did I did this because you know the two to three years I'm retired, and I want to them to have a recall that the yep. pension or kind of then the job security. But the problem is when you retire in the Canada Cruise, there is no retirement plan or retirement pay. That's all. So you said you had been in a union before. Yeah. Yeah, in the airport, I'm the president there at the same union, Workers United. What was the work you were doing there? I'm the custodian there. I'm still here in Canada, uh, Canada Goose. I'm the custodian. And it is uh, good things that uh, the custodian is uh, can uh, move around. So <laughs> I can uh, request, I can recruit more. <laughs> it's a good job for a steward to have. Yeah. <laughs> So there's, uh, am I right? There's 1,200 people who work at the Canada Goose factory, and that is uh, one of the largest workplaces who have unionized in the last few decades in Canada. Is is that correct? So, if, yeah, if that's that's, if that's a, a historic uh, victory for you guys. Yeah, you. we're proud about that. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty inspiring. I mean, there's been. Uh, it seems like there's been an upt- uptick in labor militancy and union activity um, in the last few years since COVID. Do you, do you think uh, the the experience of working in conditions during COVID had anything to do with um, maybe people being more willing to join a union at Canada Goose, or were these were the reasons for unionizing existing before COVID hit? Actually, many people are disappointed about joining in Canada Goose because of the treatment. There's always harassment from the supervisors, intimidations. And uh, once you, you filed a, a complaint in the HR, it, they, they just took the, the complaint, but they never tackled it or they, ne- they never uh, set an investigation. Just a confrontation and after the confrontation, oh, it's just like a paper that blown in the air. So it is not reported in the in the in Toronto in the main office. So the employees are not enjoying much how they were employed in Canada Goose. Because uh, from time to time they are squeezing our neck, especially on peace war and uh, and, and some uh, benefits about the the uh, vacation leave and uh, and the conditions sometimes the working conditions in Canada Goose, uh, it's very worse. It's not really, uh, really for the people, for the workers, because uh, on a garment factory, uh, it's not, it's not healthy. It's not healthy, because we have to, pro- uh, we have to provide for our own gadget, especially the, the mask. In the in in the first uh, few months of the pandemic, we were given one 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 set of masks only. Oh. Cloth. And then afterwards, we request for the second. They they said that they, they try to, if they can supply us another. So after now, 
we 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 buy our own, buy our own uh, mask. Even it should be we will she should be wearing hairnet because of the feather, the down down feel. It's, uh, it's uh, flying in the air. So once the once the air goes around and it is a uh, a place without a window, the building is the working place is without a window. So and it is so, a high ceiling, but no no enough ventilation. So not enough ventilation, and they gave you one mask at the beginning yeah. of the pandemic, and then you, since that then was, you that, that you're forced was to pay for your own. Twenty twenty of March, the the beginning of the the isolation in March fifteenth. Right. And then it it na na the second is this not follow anymore, and we we have to buy. Right. We have to buy like this. Yes. <laughs> the disposable ones. The disposable ones. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Canada Goose, that is a luxury parka or winter jacket company. Yeah. Th- these are high-end garments. Yeah. And the factory is here in Winnipeg where where we are. And um, like so these are these are luxury items. And I imagine they're profitable. Like, do you know? Canada Goose, the company is is doing as far as profits go. My uh, organizer here uh, told us that the uh, company is profitable by two hundred million, and there's a subsidized money from the government. the government. But still, our salary is in minimum wage. That's eleven ninety five dollars. Minimum wage eleven ninety five. Eleven ninety five. Yeah, that's we're the lowest. That's yeah, that's incredible. And you come from other countries. You come to Canada. Yeah, and and you're working at at this factory for minimum wage. Are most of your coworkers also uh, people that come from elsewhere? Yeah, yeah. different nationalities, just like the United Nations. Yeah, right. <laughs> what are what are the different uh, what are some of the different nationalities that are represented? Koreans, Chinese, Chinese, Brazilians, Punjabis, Filipino, uh, and uh, other Chinese. We have two different Chinese, Mandarin and the Cantonese. Indonesian, Indonesians, yeah. and uh, from uh, Africa, Africa, Nigeria. So. Where the what, United Nations? Uh, what what about the management? Oh, it's different also. Different also, different nationality. There there are South Africa. Uh, there are I think there's Canadian. Yeah, majority is Canadian. Yeah, right. You said majority of management is Canadian, like people who are born in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you you talked about some of the. Uh, you know, harassment from, from supervisors, from managers. Can you give listeners a, a bit of an idea of the kind of treatment that you've had to put up with? Yes. Okay. Uh, if you are an operator and uh, you are below their expected uh, efficiency, oh, they try to push you to the limit. Uh, when they set up uh, a minimum uh, efficiency, let's say 50%, and you go... Uh, you're not making 50% a day, or you are being scolded and you are being called by the plant manager or by the produ- uh, production manager or the 
the senior supervisors and they keep and they keep telling you that uh, your your job is to to do uh, work according to the company's uh, prescribed uh, time prescribed uh, if, uh, quality and you should earn more but when you when you earn more especially on piece rate they reduce the time so when you're under the when you're under the the efficiency they question you again so the operators have nothing to go except to explain except to to file some it is, it is a sort of intimidation it's by but uh, when you file it in the hr they only just write the complaint but they never take actions about the supervisors so that's why the 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 intimidation the harassment sometimes they downgrade you as a person so mm -hmm. we have nothing to to have a fallback or somebody to protect us that and that's uh, how we how we are in the in the production side could you tell listeners i mean most of the listeners will not know anything about what it's like to work in a plant like canada goose can you talk a little bit about the job like about what the actual tasks are and how the workplace is set up how you actually do that production yeah uh, the big issue in canada goose about our piece work uh, because uh, before um, it's a daily calculation uh, but right now uh, they change uh, it could be um, weekly calculation it means means the um, if you if you if you make piece work monday to thursday this is for uh, example uh, monday to thursday you make piece work and then friday you didn't make a piece of work and then uh for example uh, friday you get you got only $50 and then they can they pay you only $50 so where's the minimum like uh, 11.95 because according to them you make peace work in the few days, so that's why it's it. Uh, and then the some of the management, like a supervisor, if the workers uh, um, not uh, don't have uh, work, they can they can say uh, they said uh, okay, you can make another operation. But the 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 workers uh, didn't want to to do other operation because according to them we can make peace work because uh they losing their money i i don't blame the the workers because because uh it it's it's true they're losing their money if they if they make uh, another operation so the problem is the the management implemented that the weekly calculation that good so we're losing lots of money so if I'm understanding correctly, it sounds like you have you, you're being paid minimum wage, and you also have a quota that you're expected to meet, and then and on top of that, you can get paid uh, an additional amount for for piecework. For um, is that how it works? Yeah, if yes. you do piecework. Yeah. If you do piecework. Okay. okay. Actually, the 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 operation is like this. The operation is like this. The, the preparation, uh, first the preparation, the accessories, uh, we prepare that. There are certain operators that are assigned to, to do the preparation for the accessories. And then it goes down to the, uh, the shell making. 
it's another by operation. So it's another uh, it's another process. And then after they do the shelling and the, the what they call a uh, uh, lining and the shelling, and then it go to, it goes to from assembly plan, assembly section again to complete the the whole uh, the whole uh, jacket. And after the uh, completing the whole jacket, the last stitch is the what they call the keyhole and the bottom hemming. That is the last stitch in which it should be a hundred percent work, but it's a different job. It's a difficult job because as I show you in this jacket, the one I'm telling is this is the keyhole, the keyhole, the front, the frontal, the frontal stitch. This is the keyhole. Sometimes it's a quarter, but definitely it is a 116 stitch. So, and the last one is the bottom hemming at the bottom of the jacket. You fold it, you stitch it. So it's a different, uh, it's a difficult job. So nobody can make a, a perfect jacket. Even the Toronto uh, warehouse, uh, the Toronto area, they said that there is no such a perfect jacket. But still, they want us to have a perfect jacket. So it's difficult for us sewers. So we have to struggle. Sometimes you have that work, and then when you have no work on that certain job, they switch you to another job. So you have to learn another process. So it will take sometimes uh, an hour or two, or sometimes the whole day, watching for another process. And then they 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 will said the and they will tell you that you have to give yourself a hundred percent again for the new process again. So mostly the operators are struggling from one job to another job. But right now, uh, one operator is operating three jobs. From, from keyhole to bottom hemming, I went to do the collar, the collar. And then I went to the window, the, the preparation for the packet and the back uh, portion. And then now I'm back to window again, from window to collar to basting. So from basting to preparation of the hood. So a different process, different jobs. You have to focus yourself because of how how you how you how you do your work, and it's always a struggling process because you're always new to that job. Right, um, Joanne, um, did you want to give a short explanation of the some detail on what the piecework process was? Sure. Um, no, the. Andres said, you know, the work that y'all do is just insane. And um, they still explain to me the, you know, the, the processes of how to build this jacket. And, you know, they these sewing operators are, are doing um, some difficult work down there. But in terms of the piece rate issue, I think um, we can sort of think of it as um, like in sales, you know, the... Uh, what do you call it in sales when you, you know, make a certain um, amount of sales and the amount past that quota, you know, you get compensation off of. Like a commission. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Commission. So if you look at it like that, um, same works, uh, same system works in the, the many garment industries. Um, but I think the key problem here, especially in, in sort of non-unionized versus unionized plants, is that the workers, um, they can't argue this, this rate, that quota. You know, they know, the hands who are working on the jacket know how much, um, you know, is actually doable as a sewer, sewing operator. But um, 
in a non-unionized plant, you know, management is the one who dictates that. And so without the presence of union, without the presence of that, you know, that existence of workers um, and their ability to argue against that, that peace rate system, you know, that's where we sort of get into that issue um, of unfairness and, and, and the lack of um, justice that they deserve uh, in, in compensation um, in that sense. So, uh, may, I, may I add on about the peace work? Uh, in the piecework digital, you have to get 100% first the efficiency in in in, in eight hours. In if you exceed 100%, you are paid extra. Let's say uh, plus 20% or plus 30%, regardless of the percent. Uh, it is based on the efficiency. So it is within the eight hours. So if you reach the the let's say six hours, eight hours you exceed the 100%, you can go home. If you want to go home because you exceed the 100%. But there's a, there's a, a problem about that right now. Uh, the, the, peace, the peace rate is now uh, very uh, delicate and very confusing. You have to do the peace work for two consecutive weeks so that you will be paid in full. But if you work on a peace rate from Monday to Wednesday, and then from Thursday to Friday, you did not work, you did not uh, have the peace work, the three days will be distributed to the two days that you didn't have to uh, do the peace work. They will offset that. So it's uh, disadvantageous to the workers. That's why many are complaining. Uh, so they have done it. Uh, around almost two months now because they we, we don't receive the weekly report now they sum up it they they sum up it in two weeks then after three weeks then we receive only the the compiled uh the compiled uh what have we have done and it is not in detail the weekly report is gone so we cannot see the daily earnings we have you talked earlier about the uh the process being a bumpy road could you yeah. tell us can you tell us some of the bumps on the road oh yes uh when we recruit uh, it's really bumpy because uh others don't want to 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 be with us and they're complaining about especially number one is the union juice because uh they heard other uh, unions that are collecting uh much higher union juice but in here in canada goose where we are now the the only uh, union juice we have is a dollar ninety a day, based on only on the regular day, on re regular uh, working day. So if you have an extra income, let's say you have overtime, you have piece work, the union juice is based only on your regular pay. So if you do not work, you will not be paying the reg the union juice. So it is a tax deductible money so it's a little yeah, that's why i call it a little bit bumpy so but as the as we go on on the road on the journey we achieve what we want so we're, we 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 succeed on what we are trying to get so this is it we are now having a a, a clear a clear picture of what job security is all about can I add something about um, uh, about the history uh, about this story? Um, yeah, 
when I started to 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 share to the to my co-workers about the union and we go uh, we went house to house and uh, we filed in us uh, in 2019 we filed it then um the management uh forced the the workers to sign the objection because they know the workers have fe uh, had fear for uh, yes it's true it's it's not easy to to convince the people and then um they they signed the objection even they don't want because they had fear to the company and then uh, uh they had fear for losing their job uh, they thought if they they join the union, they losing their job. So they uh, then we we filed the case as a, uh, we filed ULP for the company and we won for that case. And then uh, but the labor labor uh, decision they need uh, to to organize the that relocation because it's it's uh, it's uh, one company. So that's why we started to to get a card signed in the in the different location. So yeah, that's the that's the story. And then uh, it because it's pandemic, so it's it's too hard for us to go house to house. And um, yeah, and but in the end we won. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> yeah, that's the story. And in CG1, they're so very, the workers there are very stubborn. Uh, you know, especially Chinese, they don't want to join a union. But you know, Chinese, they, they don't want to deduct union dues. But the majority, the majority of the workers there in CG1 is Mumbai, Punjabi, Korean, Filipinos. So the majority there vote yes. But still, when we got we have a survey for the uh, collective bargaining agreement, they put they do not deduct union dues to my payslip. Like <laughs> that's all Chinese. I can blame some workers about that because they don't have knowledge about the union. So that's why I told to the to the organizer we want to educate the workers. So. When when they educate them and then they understand, so that's why uh, they even uh, even they didn't uh, um, introduce the union. They what they want that it's um, voluntarily to come to you and and they said uh, okay why did you give me the card I want to I want to join. Something like that. So, yeah, once you educate people, it's easily for them to to sign the card. But my tricks, in, I, I trick them. Uh, I told them, oh, the majority of the server are signed already. Maybe you can join to now to sign the card. Because if there is no majority in the card, we have no, the label cannot give us uh, to have an election. So the trick, uh, it's good. Uh, that's why uh, the, exper the experience in my uh, in my, exp my past experience in the other company, uh, maybe it's uh, good to 
That's it. We we joined them. We we won them. I, I was going to say it probably. I I imagine people came uh, came to the process with uh, maybe not knowing what a union was, or maybe with some other um, based on maybe previous jobs or other countries that they're coming from. Maybe it was a, a little bit dangerous to be in in a union, or there was. Uh, a more of an anti-union sort of culture. Um, I we have that too I, uh, here in Canada. Like, did management? Um, what did did management put out any uh, anti-union um, information while during the organizing process, or what was management's? Did management know that there was a, a union drive happening? Yes, they know. Huh? They knew it. They knew it. Then. And uh, they told, oh, they told to others that uh, me are the one recruiting the, the people uh, joining the, the the union, but they cannot, uh, you know, they cannot uh, fire me because it's illegal for the uh, organizing uh, uh, union. But they, they they didn't stop in uh, uh, talking to anti-union. Uh, the first. The first one is don't uh, join them because the union deal is very high. Your salary is small, but they will tax you a high uh, union job. Yeah. And also, um, that's why we won the ULP because uh, some of my, uh, some of our leader, one of our leader, um, they recorded the the. One of the meeting from the from the management, and they they told against the union, so that's why we won. And yeah, that's why um, some uh, people they're anti because they they spreading the yeah like what he said about the union juice is too high. So that's why because that is the number one issue. That's why they don't want a union. So I told to my uh, co-workers that the union juice is a little like uh, one dollar, uh, one dollar a day or yeah, one dollar and ninety cents. But some somebody anti-union that uh, you know is spreading the oh, no the uh, union juice is uh, seventy dollars per month. So many anti-union or other Chinese join them not to vote no because of that. Joanne, did you want to jump in here? Yeah, I guess I just wanted to pitch in from an organizing standpoint, um, just some of the barriers that we did face uh, throughout this process, as you know, these, as uh, Rolando, Aleli, and Andres spoke about, um, just that that uh, situation in 2019, where, um, you know, workers were forced to sign objection letters against the union, um, conducted by management, you know, they brought them in one by one, telling them to sign 181, I believe, workers were forced to sign these letters saying that they didn't want the union. You know, another um, issue was during vote week, there was management um, and other supervisors spreading rumors about the union dues as they spoke about. So it's these little, you know, subtle but um, intentional moves from the company, uh, which made it difficult to, to you know, address those rumors, especially as they mentioned that language barrier, you know, um, it's, it's easy for 
the company, um, especially in, you know, on the on the shop floor, uh, that power dynamic for workers to, you know, just take what management says at face value. Um, so, you know, it, it, it took some definitely took some some courage from these workers to stand up and say, no, you know what? Uh, um, and the leaders to say, you know, this is this is what the facts are. Um, and, you know, we should not be intimidated by by our management. Um, and that's evident, you know, that that work that these workers have uh, have accomplished is so evident in that 86 percent win, you know, that we were able to um, to fight past those rumors, fight past that that uh, management um uh, you know, a disagreement that, you know, union, that we needed a union in there um, to, to win the justice that they needed. So, yeah, lots of barriers. But again, you know, this is a historic win. I don't think these, uh, even these three on the line know how big of a win they did. So congratulations again to these three. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's an ins inspiring win. And uh, hopefully we see uh hopefully a sign of things to come. I'm wondering, like, so what's the next steps? Like, where do, uh, where do, where do the Canada Goose workers go from here? I, I imagine there's a contract to be bargained and what's on the, what's on the agenda for Canada Goose workers going forward? Well, right now uh, we are preparing uh, uh, for the negotiation. So we don't know yet about the next step because we started only uh, this morning. <laughs> right. It's still still early in the process. Yes. But we oh, talked yeah. with the company representative. Yes, we introduced uh, ourselves yeah. and the date of our next, uh, what call that, negotiations? The yeah, the first negotiations. We still have some meetings tomorrow. And our goal is to get a good contract, to drop a new and uh, good contract. What are the top priorities of the workers for the contract? Like, what are the most important things people want to see addressed? <laughs> this, of course, is the salaries, the wages, the salary standardization. You know that in Manitoba, it's only eleven ninety-five. We're far behind from other states. So, and most of all, it's the job security. Job security. I imagine a working minimum wage. Um, do you? Do a lot of Canada Goose workers have other jobs that, yes, that they can do? Yes, yeah. absolutely. It, it seems two, hard two to guys. raise a family, even in Winnipeg, on, on minimum wage on eleven ninety five an hour. They have, others have two or three jobs. Uh, two or three uh, jobs, yeah. Yeah, until Saturday, Sunday. Even Saturday and Sundays, keep on working. Yes. We don't get enough money in Canada Goose. You know what? Uh, uh, me, as uh, I'm renting just a room for... Well, how much? It's seven hundred. Me and my wife. Seven hundred for one room. Yeah, it's very costly here. That's oh, that's incredible. Yeah, that's why you have to to find another job from aside from Canada Goose. You have to find another one or two jobs. It's would be impossible, I imagine, to to pay rent, to pay to to live and survive uh, yeah. for even two yeah. people on eleven ninety five an hour. Yeah, not, uh, even nowadays, if you're even if you're working full time. Yeah, nowadays even the groceries, oh my God, the basics, it goes up. The prices goes up. That's why others uh, servers took uh, peace work. Peace work. They, they have, have uh, more money. More money on peace work, but it depends on 
on on your, your operation on, on your operation on your energy how long will you last for that uh, uh does piecework include overtime as well is there a lot of uh, overtime that's required no there is no just only uh, piecework okay yeah we yeah. are not really fully compensated especially yeah. on piecework yeah and right now right now if you if you don't make a piecework every day and you make an overtime, you didn't pay you time and a half. You say if you do overtime, they don't pay you time and a half? Yes. Currently? Yes. Isn't that illegal? <laughs> that's why. Sounds illegal to me. <laughs> yeah, easy, uh, ongoing. Yes. Because, yeah, because of the they implemented that the implemented the the weekly calculation, the one that I said before. Yeah, before it's a daily daily uh, operation. Daily we can see we can see by week uh, weekly that uh, our daily earnings. But now we have to wait two weeks and then we will receive the the summarized uh, uh, income on the third week. The Canada Goose uh, get a million dollars because of our hard work, but they get our money. <laughs> they're losing our they're losing our money. We pay our rent, we pay our cars, we send uh, we we support our family in the Philippines. But how can how can we provide that? If we me, I'm 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 renting eight hundred plus for my apartment. But I received my salary in Canada was only seven hundred plus. So how can I? Yeah, that's in, that's incredible. And Canada Goose jackets, people wear those all over the world. They're status symbols for yeah. a lot of people. Like they're very, very high demand. It's like shocking the like the image that a Canada Goose jacket projects to a lot of people versus yeah. the reality of. Uh, of the work working conditions of the people who make them it's just it's shocking so that's hopefully hopefully your story and your experience is uh is inspiring to um to other workers who are in the same position as, as you a lot of people don't know that there is even like a garment manufacturing industry in winnipeg but there there was more of that uh historically and there are people, there are lots of people still in Canada who are working the same, in the same type of industry and in the same type of conditions as, as you folks are. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's inspiring to hear what you, what you've done. Absolutely. Anything else, anything else you'd like to say? That's the only final word maybe for me. Uh, I think the company are stealing from us. That's it. Until we get to it, we can give them the, the right contract. Yeah. That that will be our safe, safe heaven. The not the good contract and how long it will last the contract. Mm -hmm. And I, I hope that now that you've organized, you can build up your strength so you can try to change the change the jobs, you know, yeah, try we, to put yeah, some pressure we, on them. We already showed the company that we have the strength. <laughs> And I know that they are now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they. I don't know where, what they are planning to or what because they saw our face in the Zoom <laughs> this morning, and they, they and now they realize that we are the leaders. And if before we don't have a 
even we we complain to the to the office or to the HR or to the manager. We didn't listen to us. But right now, because we have a we we unionize, we have a real voice, and we we united. So we believe that the that we get the good contract. Yeah. For this. They are now they are now very apprehensive about intimidating us or harassing us because we have the tool, we have the weapon. Until uh, we have the complete weapon, until we we drop, we we sign the contract. Yeah. It, it, it it is not a it is not like going to to a war, but we we try to to avoid the word strike. So we're trying to it on a a peaceful negotiation, a good one, a a nice negotiation, a nice contract, and we don't want to 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 give the company a, a, a non-stop operation. We want a continuous operation from, from us workers and to the company. So it should be balanced. Yeah. It should and, be balanced. And we're not formed the union to fight the management. Yeah. Uh, we form because um, we have rights. So we, they need to respect that. We respect the management rights. Because we know that the management have right to, but we have right to, so they need to respect. Uh, what would you like other workers in Canada to know uh, based on your experience? Do you have a message for other workers who might be thinking of organizing or unionizing, or uh, what would you like them to know? Well, uh, it, it, it is not uh, always uh, forming a union. It depends on the company how how they were treated, the workers. How the the company treat treat the the workers or the employees, and how how the benefits are being given to the employees, and what kind of benefits each worker will receive. It depends on the company. So if the company uh, has has given all the the they think they they can give all the rights or not really all the rights of the workers, some benefits. So it is beneficial to the family. So the union will not will not uh, be formalized or will not be organized, because if the workers are receiving enough or well compensated, so the union will not will will not be uh, formed. It depends on the benefits. Yeah, I talk uh, other uh, workers with the other company that are not unionized. I tell them to to have a union, but they told me, "Oh, I have a high salary here. Yeah, no problem with the supervisor and manager. Uh, that's it. That, that's why they don't want to have a union." So it 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 is not it's not always the union that uh to be a a a fallback for the workers. It depends on the company. It's always how they are compensated. Yeah. How to how to be treated to be treated. Mostly as a person, as a human being. So if you if you treat your fellow fellow human being well, so there's no animosity, no. You know you know that there's no you 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 are not strangers to each other, because you 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 talk freely, anything. That's that's the company and the workers. It's the it, it is a balance uh balance uh, situation. It should be a win-win situation for both the company and the workers. So 
as I said to other fellow workers, it is it depends on the company. How are you compensated? That's all. And uh, should the workers take it from there? And they should be united once and for all. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Solidarity Winnipeg podcast. If you'd like to learn more about who we are and what we do, you can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Solidarity Winnipeg. But really the best way to keep in touch and follow what's happening in Winnipeg is to sign up for our newsletter at www.solidaritywinnipeg.ca. If you want to reach out to us directly with questions or comments, you can send us an email to info at solidarity Winnipeg. See you.